This is the ATM at the Minute Podcast, episode 154. Peter Mitchell here with Jackson Stover, and we have a lot to talk about. It's been a week or so off. I went out to San Diego along with some friends to go see Jackson. It was a magical time. We'll definitely be back soon. Highly advise going to check it out if you never have. Absolutely. But we got to talk about all the NFL bombshells this week. Been trades like it's the NBA. And then we want to talk about some of the free agency stuff coming up, quarterbacks on the market, a little combine stuff. And then we're going to go a little hoops action, some NBA latest, and then talk a little college basketball as we enter tourney season. So with all that said, let's get into it. All right, Jackson, the NFL has kind of taken the world by storm, the Twitterverse at least. And we've seen a handful of bombshell reports this week. Yeah, starting. I think there's a couple more coming. There's a lot more coming with free agency right around the corner. But it started on Monday with Calvin Ridley getting suspended for the whole entire season. $1,500, did he deserve it? No, I don't think he deserved it, but he's a dumbass. I mean, you know that's the biggest no-no in the book is betting on the team that you play for, whether you're suited up to play or not. So I don't really feel that bad for him, but I'll say when you look at some of the other NFL suspensions and the length that they've been and what they've been for, like you're going to compare an eight-game suspension for, I mean, domestically abusing someone and 16 for a $1,500 parlay. That's or 17 now, excuse me, 17 game season. But I think that's pretty ridiculous. I think when you look from that perspective, it's absolutely stupid. But then on the other side of the coin, it's like you can't bet on your own team. You know that. Like, sorry, guy, you're an idiot. Yeah, I mean, if the if the fans have any inkling that the games are fixed, they're not going to gamble. They're not going to play fantasy. They're not going to watch Red Zone. They're not going to watch the product unless it's their team. I don't know. I would still. I don't without action, you may not, because I know you got a lot of action on oh, every I thought, NFL. I thought you were saying if it were rigged, fans wouldn't be watching. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You might not be as inclined to sit in front of the TV watching Red Zone all day long. I'd I'd still enjoy it, even if it were scripted. I'd enjoy it. Not but as much. If it was the WWE, I would not watch it. I would I'd just become a huge college. I'd still tune guy. in, just not as much. But anyway, anyway, continue your point. Well, that was my point. I mean, you can't have fans questioning it. I get it. And the whole suspension length thing for other offenses, what is the answer? Just make them as long or longer than the gambling suspension? I think that would have to be the answer. Yeah, I I don't know. I I just, I I think it doesn't really, it's not parallel. You know, when you look at the gravity of it and the number of games. But I mean, like you said, You know, it's an integrity thing. NFL's got to make a statement, got to make people aware that you absolutely cannot do this with how commercialized gambling's become, like you said. But I don't know, dude. He bet on them to win. If he would have bet on them to lose and it was a single (laughs) bet for a big amount, then wave the red flags. That's a huge freaking deal. One year is deserved without a doubt, maybe even a ban. But the fact that it was a long shot parlay and them to win... 
eh, I don't really care. He's dumb, but <laughs> I don't really care. All right, what do we got next? Tuesday morning rolls around. Pat McAfee reports that Aaron Rodgers is returning to Green Bay. Doesn't put the terms out there. Rappaport comes out two minutes later with the terms, which later get denied. All we know is Aaron Rodgers is returning to Green Bay, likely on a long-term deal. Green Bay fans going to be for a lot of money. Yeah, exactly. Denver fans felt like, oh, crap, we're not going to go get our guy this year. Well, I mean, Jerry Judy dropped a sad emoji, and yep. then uh, next thing you know. Sounds like they had a handshake agreement in place with Seattle if the Rodgers thing didn't work out because it happened out of nowhere. Jerry Judy's thrilled. How good do you think the Broncos are going to be? Well, let's back it up and start with the Packers, or at least, um, no pun intended, unpack this Aaron Rodgers stuff a little bit. I think this was no question the first domino that fell. It wasn't a coincidence. He was the guy everyone wanted, and the teams that were all in the QB market were waiting to see what was going to happen with this. I think it's hilarious, though, that his news completely got overshadowed because as soon as this came out, the rest of the dominoes fell. And I wonder if him clapping back on Twitter and trying to get back in, uh, you know, back in or trending again when he was like, well, the terms haven't been agreed yet. This is false, fake news. Don't buy it. Like, I don't really think anyone ever confirmed the number. It was just said that it was expected to be around that or assumed to be this number. So I think he was trying to grab some headlines back like, oh, fake news, not the number, not the number, because he saw the rust stuff and was salty. Yeah, for him to do that on International Women's Day just reminds us once again how selfish of a player he is. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) No, and then Russ comes out, and he's like, oh, Aaron's trying to be the guy right now? I need to double down, get this out there. Uh, But I think the the Broncos are going to be a true contender. The AFC West has to be the toughest division. Really? A true contender? Yeah. You think they're ready to go win a Super Bowl? I I think he can have the impact that Matt Stafford had, and I I'm not sure the roster. I do not think he's as good of a pocket passer as Matt Stafford is. I think he needs a little bit of that mobility to really beat the rust that's always cooking that we're used to seeing. And I don't know if we're ever going to get that again. He doesn't seem like a guy who wants to get out of the pocket very much. I don't know if they have the roster uh, like the Rams do, but Von Miller tweeted his interest in going back to Denver. He's a free agent. That's something to watch. And the offensive scheme he's going to have in Denver is going to be unlike anything he's ever had in Seattle. I don't know if you saw the video of Greg Olson talking to Colin Coward. That was pretty damning saying that essentially the training wheels were always on Russell Wilson while he was with Pete Carroll. He liked to play the field position game, conservative mm. football that run might it there but i also heard some players come out and say that russell wilson likes to run the w- russell wilson offense and it doesn't really matter what denver might have in place or schematically what they are trying to come up with because russell wilson's gonna run a or he wants to run his stuff he wants to run the russell wilson offense which that was the first time i heard that so i thought that was pretty interesting like oh shit maybe he was part of the problem well, are you saying that he did run the Russell Wilson offense in Seattle or he's finally going to have the opportunity to do that? I'm saying he did in Seattle and it was like him constantly just running what he wanted and it was the same shit over and over and it didn't that's really not, work. 
That's not I don't how know. Olsen made it sound, but I think it's it's a good match. I mean, you have Javante Williams coming into year two. He's going to go nuts. You have tons of young receivers. I mean, you've yeah. got Judy. You've got Tim Patrick, who I think might actually move over to tight end. Mark my words. Going to be the first ever wide receiver tight end fantasy player ever. I think that's going to happen. Uh, you got a couple of other Hamler. young guys as well. You have Cortland Hamler Sutton. there. Cortland Sutton's still there. You got Albert, Albert O. o. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of guys. There's a lot of guys. I've got Tim Patrick in fantasy, so that's why I'm so invested in that one. Yeah, and I have Judy and Javante in our di- Dynasty League. Oh, so. damn, you've got them both, so you're real excited about this. I'm that's why excited. you've talked yourself into them being contenders. I do have DK Metcalf as well, so flipping it over to Seattle, Oof. what do Oof. you think? What do you think they do here? Are they going to trade Lockett or Metcalf? Are they going to test out Drew Locke? Or are they going to draft somebody? Well, it's damn sure not going to be Drew Locke. I think at this point, it's a matter of if they want to press the big red blow it up button, if they want to press the smaller yellow uh, rebuild retool button, which could mean shipping Lockett. I think like if they just went all out, like, total blow up is the only chance they would trade them both because i think you hold on to dk if you can i mean he's a freaking star and he's only what 24 years old 25 years old so Lockett could be on the move but i think they're going to make a play for one of these other qbs i don't necessarily think they're going to be in the deshaun watson market i think that's carolina and pittsburgh strictly at this point i could see maybe jimmy g philly too maybe jimmy g Mm, yeah, I don't think that that would make them think they could go win right now. I don't know. It, but if they're going to hold on to everyone, yeah, it does. And then they can just pound the rock and Jimmy can throw it, you know, 20 to 25 times a game, check it down, throw some screens, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. It seems like it would make sense, but they would have to be trying to just bring everyone back and hope that they can stay healthy and somehow make a playoff push. I don't know. Football's kind of weird with so few games. I feel like it can happen. You know, you can get hot versus with basketball. You play 82. The sample size is a lot larger to see who's really good and really not. So maybe they go like 10 and 7 if they get Jimmy G and bring everyone back. Maybe that's what they're thinking. Otherwise, I would expect them to ship some other guys around the edges off. People like Lockett. And then we'll see if they go as far as to ship like DK Metcalf and Jamal Adams. Because he's older. Yeah, he's older and he's on, I don't know, a deal with pretty good money. And those wide receivers just don't have the longest shelf life. I mean, just be selling high on him knowing you can't win a Super Bowl. Yeah, DK Metcalf's dad played for the Bears. I think that would be a really interesting place for him to end up if Ooh, they did that would deal be him. Sick. Yeah, pair him with Justin Fields. Chiefs fans have also been clamoring. If they traded their first round pick for DK Metcalf, I think most people would be okay with that. It would be finally no be the third. It would piece. take so much more than that to get him. I think you think it would be more than a first rounder. What? Like what's the price? What? You mean a second rounder? What? Give him the, the 29th pick, the 30th pick. That sure as hell ain't going to do it. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah. You're Maybe probably that right in a future first. Yeah. You're probably right. Um, just wanted to see there. Um, I think they might go quarterback in the draft. A lot of people have been enamored with Malik Willis after the combine, like the personality, like the physical tools, which are kind of similar to Russell Wilson, huge arm, mobile out of the pocket. They're picking at what, nine now? Nine. With Denver's pick? Yeah. He'll be there probably. Yeah, and if 
you know, pe- people are blowing smoke and they get a little scared. Well, now they have all this ammunition they got from the trade to package up with the ninth pick, move up, go get whatever quarterback they want. Kenny Pickett, Matt Corral. I think they're going to draft somebody because I don't think they want to give up that capital for Jimmy G if they're in this rebuilding phase. I don't think they have to give up any capital for Jimmy G. I think you just throw some salary together to make it match and send him on his way. Like, it's Jimmy G on a big deal. You know what I mean? No one's going to give up picks to get him. If anything, it would be like a salary dump for the Niners. Like, they'd just see it, Jimmy. Just get off the books. Take whatever we get back. Yeah, well, I just mean, like, you you probably think you have a ceiling that's not a Super Bowl ceiling if Jimmy Garoppolo is your quarterback. I completely agree with that. So I'd rather swing in the draft. Yeah, I agree. And they could do both. You know, they could take a guy in the draft and they could take a fifth round pick, a future fourth round pick and some expiring salaries that add up to whatever they need to get the trade to match and just take Jimmy on for a couple shitty picks. I think (laughs) that if the 49ers got any type of assets back for Jimmy, they'd do it in a heartbeat. Last thing on them. Not sure how much longer Pete Carroll is going to stay there, but I think it could be a Billy Donovan type of situation with OKC. He didn't want to be there for a rebuild, so he mutually agreed to part ways and went to Chicago. So interesting. Something to watch. What if there he went back Pete to Carroll. college football? I, I think he might just retire. He's getting up there. He is getting up there, but man, he chews his gum so in. So freaking enthusiastic. I think he's got more left in the tank. You know what I mean? Like, well, that guy's yeah. just wired. Like, he's chomping on that gum. He's clearly into it. He's not falling asleep on the sidelines like Fangio or something. We'll see, but I don't know how many people in that organization think they can win a Super Bowl next year. Next day. Not any sane ones, I'll tell you that much. Wednesday, Carson Wentz traded from the Indianapolis Colts for a couple picks, second and third rounder to the Washington Commanders. What do you what do you think about this? Is he going to throw a lot of picks to Trayvon Diggs? My initial thoughts, poor PFT. I mean, that was the first thing that came to mind. He was all in on them getting Jameis Winston. Boom, <laughs> you get like the opposite in Carson Wentz, or maybe the same thing, just a much less exciting version. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to push back on the narrative that they're going to suck. This was a stupid move. They should have got somebody else. Yeah, I don't believe in him as much anymore after (laughs) seeing him fold in that Jacksonville game. It wasn't all on him, but a a lot sure as hell was. I think that they're going to be better than they were last year. I think they're above 500. I think they could, could be competitive in that division and maybe snag a wild 500. I think they're going to go nine and eight. No, it's not. Yes, nine it and eight's is. Not a play. Nine and eight's not a playoff team. Ten and seven's maybe not even a playoff team. Eleven and six, now that's for damn sure a playoff team. The way that division has worked out the last few years, ten and seven is probably getting you a playoff spot. Mm, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. But I think they're going to be in the mix. I really do think they'll be in the hunt. They'll be one of those teams that we talk about all year of... Can they do it? Would they be dangerous if they get into the playoffs? Yada, yada, yada. They get Curtis Samuel back. If Antonio Gibson can stay healthy and not fumble the ball, 
I think they'll actually be pretty good. And I think the defense will be much more like the defense we saw two years ago because they'll actually have an offense that can stay on the field and sustain drives. Now, I love Taylor Heineke and that whole story as much as the next guy, but he's not a starting NFL QB. And as much as people want to shit on Wentz and call him uh, poor man's Alex Smith or whatever the hell you want, the guy is an NFL quarterback, all right? I've seen him go out there and win a lot of games and look like a playoff caliber QB who could make some noise. I don't think Washington's going to go make a freaking Super Bowl run or anything, but I think they'll be better than what people expect. That's all I'm saying. My expectations are way lower. Perhaps I know they, they go, are. You're biased. You perhaps, want them to suck. Perhaps they go on a little run, and halfway through the year, we think they have a chance. I'm not going to believe in them whatsoever. On the Indianapolis front, I think it's hilarious that Frank Reich, the man who recruited Wentz to Indy, apologized to Jim Ursay because of this whole ordeal. That is hilarious. It ended badly, man. It ended really badly. Head coach losing a little credibility with the owner. Ooh, I, I don't know. Absolutely. I mean, you didn't make the playoffs. You traded for a QB that was supposed to be your guy, and you didn't make the playoffs. And not to we mention, collapsed. you were going to make the playoffs if you beat the worst team in the league week 17, 18, and you didn't. So what do you think they do? I think they're in trouble. They seem like the Jimmy G team. Like, yeah, that's where they I, that's have like, that's to, what I think the most likely landing spot is. Okay. I'm glad you're with me on that because when you look at their roster and just their timeline, their ages, and kind of where they all are, they're stuck in win now mode as far as I'm concerned. So I think they got to go get the best player they can. And maybe that would be Jimmy G. I mean, I don't think he's a ton different than Wentz or even Phil Rivers, but he's same caliber. And at that point, you know, if the defense and offensive line are healthy, you should be in the playoffs. I think if they were healthy all last season, they'd be in the playoffs or would have been. Yeah, I think they could be a playoff team with Jimmy. As crazy as that sounds. But I like him better than the commanders. I mean, they were a playoff team trade. last year. Like they realistically were a playoff team last year. Yeah, and I don't think they have their first round pick this year. Went to the Eagles because Wentz played X amount of yep. snaps. So that Tough. stinks for them. Today's big news, though, Khalil Mack, feared pass rusher out of Chicago, traded to the AFC West, bookend with Joey Bosa. This division, I'm saying, best scary in the league. Every single matchup, every I single agree. week could be on primetime, and the consumer would be satisfied. So I made this statement about a different division last year and you made fun of me. I said I thought all four teams could be in the playoffs. NFC West. I'm going to Yes. And Seattle sucked, but you know, maybe if Russ doesn't get hurt, they would have been in there. I'm looking at the AFC West and I think all four of them will be in the playoffs. I'm serious. I think Oakland, excuse me, Las Vegas is the worst of them and they're going to go 10 and 7, maybe even 11 and 6. With Josh McDaniels coaching? Yeah. Yeah, I think he's going to make a difference there. He, I think he actually does move the needle. The thing is, they're all just going to beat each other up in that division. Everyone's going to be in the 10-7 and 7 to 12-5 and 5 range. So that's going to take the AFC South to stink, Titans or Colts. If the Colts can't figure out the quarterback situation, 
How good I is think all Baker? four teams could be better than all four teams in that division. Yep. How good is Baker going to be? Who are the Steelers going to end up with at quarterback? If those teams stink next season, they could all get in. Absolutely. I don't think they're going to stink, but I don't think any of them will be great. I think it's going to be a little bit of a down year for the AFC, and that division is just going to be Kick all ass. of the teams. Yeah, like pretty much all the teams you're worried about, plus the Bengals. Yeah, Chiefs fans are really freaking out with all this activity. Russell coming to the Broncos, Mac to the Chargers. I'm looking at them to make a move pretty soon here, whether they get a receiver in free agency or trade one of their early picks. Dallas is shopping Lyle Collins, 29-year-old offensive tackle, one of the best right tackles in the league. I think it would be interesting if he came over to Kansas City and provided some depth. I don't know if they'd go that route, but... Wouldn't be a bad move. Yeah, if you're in the division, you you should go get someone like him. Teron Armstead, uh, left tackle from the Saints, he's one of the top free agents this year as well. I want to see if these teams address that fans have also wanted them to go get Chandler Jones as a pass rusher. They, they got, I don't really love that man. I watched him play a lot last year and I think he's a guy that doesn't always want to be out there. And I know he was frustrated with the situation a little bit in Arizona and his mm. contract and all that, but he started off great. And then there were games the second half of the year where you would have thought that he didn't even suit up and play. Like you don't hear his name called at all. Didn't make yeah. a ton of an impact, but then he'd have a game every once in a while where he has freaking four or five sacks. And it's like, where was is this? this one of the best players in the league? Yeah. Like, where is this at? So he's just not somebody that I would trust a ton. And I also think he's getting a little bit older. I don't know how much I'd want to pay him. I'm kind of with you on that. Actually, Randy Gregory is on the market as well in Dallas. On like a one year deal. I'd rather just do that and not pay him as much. Uh, I'd probably give Randy Gregory a two or three year deal. Honestly, he had a fantastic year, and Dallas is making moves as well. They restructured Dax deal. They cut Amari Cooper. They might cut Demarcus Lawrence. Maybe that's to bring back Gregory. What or about Amari re-sign Cooper? Michael Gallup? If Kansas City can throw together some salary that they're willing to part ways with, and then maybe like a a third round pick or something for Amari, because well, I, I think cut. Dallas is he's going to be a free agent. I didn't think he got cut. I thought they were considering cutting no, him, but going to listen to offers. He officially got cut. Yeah. He can oh, sign well, anywhere. KC should just go after him. Just get him on like a one-year deal. He gets hurt all the time, so you're just going to have to hope he's healthy during the playoffs. But if he is, and you get him, Tyreek, and Kelsey, pff, GG's. Oh, did they not release him? I thought they did I'm telling for sure. you, they're trying to trade him. They think they could maybe get something. So give him like a third or fourth round pick and a little salary dump. What is up with these reports? Was I just reading them wrong? Because The I... initial one said they were going to cut him. It wasn't like definitively he's been cut. It was like Cowboys, sources close to Cowboys say they're planning to potentially cut Amari Cooper. The next report is Cooper won't be cut yet. Team's holding out to see if they can get some assets back or some shit like that. Okay. Well, he's one of the top receivers on the market. Uh, Mike Williams resigned with the Chargers. Devontae Adams and Godwin got franchise tagged. So, I mean, yeah, he's going to be attractive. Maybe the Colts go after him. I don't I don't like him for the Chiefs. I think he's a little too injury prone. He would be really annoying because Tyreek misses some games every year. I don't know. I just don't love that. What receiver do you want? For Kansas City or Dallas? For Kansas City. 
I almost wonder if they would go in the draft and take like Jameson Williams. Speedster. I don't think that's what they need, dude. They've had a million speedsters and McCole Hardman and Robinson and all too. these guys. Nah, I think I think fuck that. You just get a guy who can catch the ball. Just a guy who can catch the ball. Well, Someone I, over the I middle like a lot sure of the handed. receivers in the first round this year, but I don't know if any of them are going to be there. Chris Olave is not going to be after his 40 time. Garrett Wilson, people are freaking out I think out they about. could trade up and Drake go London. get Olave at like 18 to 20. I think Drake London would be a huge yeah. freaking hit for them. That's what he's I was exactly going to what say, I think. but I don't think he's going to be there. Imagine if they had somebody like Pittman. Yeah, that'd be good. Who you can throw that 50-50 ball to. You can throw that third down slant over the middle and feel confident he's going to come down with it. Someone else besides Kelsey. Because so I feel like with Tyler I think Burks would be sick. They've got options. I'll say that. But I hope they address the wide receiver position like you were saying. Because it's it's an obvious need, man. Like, I love Josh Gordon. He's not the same guy. I'm glad he resigned there. But, like, you're not going to count on him to do anything. I don't anything. even know and why they did that. It doesn't make they sense They need a real freaking receiver sammy watkins leaving hurt them so much more than people want to admit yeah that might be right that might be right but i mean they got a lot of holes to fill this year and mahomes deals about to kick in big so (laughs) yeah it is yeah it is but by the time this next wave of deals comes out over a year or two mahomes might look like a great value yeah i wouldn't uh, i wouldn't get too upset about that a couple other qbs here that i want to talk about Jameis Winston, I think at this point, he's probably going back to the Saints, you'd think. Like, the Steelers aren't going to take a chance on him, would they? Mm, I don't think so. I think the Steelers are looking for a franchise quarterback, and I don't think many teams think Jameis is that. I could see them just going with Jimmy G, just saying, hey, He can at least throw it down the field some. He can do everything else Ben did. Our defense is good. We've got a great young running back. we got some good receivers. Let's just, how about Juju? They could go trade next to nothing for Juju. Him and Mahomes, Jackson Mahomes in Kansas City, bro. That's a match made in heaven. Come on. I don't. That'd be sick on and off the field. I think Juju's name carries more weight than his play. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's... We'll see what he looks like this year after really being healthy. I was kind of kidding with that one, but I do think <laughs> Pittsburgh might actually make a play for Jimmy G thinking that their defense is going to be good enough. They could be a threat with him just managing the game. I also think Deshaun Watson, that's going to be the next big domino. Supposedly tomorrow on Friday might've happened by the time you hear this. There are two different hearings for the Watson case And we're going to have a pretty solid idea of whether or not he's going to be playing football again and how quick that could happen after those hearings. So reportedly, once that takes place, we're going to see either Carolina or Pittsburgh come in with a pretty sizable offer. I think Philly is the most likely situation, but I I do like those other two. David Tepper, Clemson Booster, okay? And then the quarterback's coach that they just hired for – Carolina, he was also a coach for Clemson, I believe, when Deshaun was there. It just okay. seems like it makes sense. It seems like it makes sense. But Plus, they dealt with Darnold last year, like a mediocre QB and Cam. They don't want to deal with that again. If they if he's going to play, they'll go give a freaking massive package for him. So I read an article that said Carolina and the Eagles. I think the Eagles would be a good fit because they have the capital. They've always 
they've always gone after big name quarterbacks and they do have the capital. He would he would really help. I mean, he would turn them into a contender. Absolutely. I would hate it, but they could get it done. Yeah, I mean, they were in the playoffs last year with Jalen Hurts. I don't know. I think Hurts might have been just good enough down the stretch, though, where he bought himself another year or two. I don't know. I've never been a Hurts guy, but he did better than I thought he would last year. Well, another point was... They made the playoffs. No team is going to make a deal unless they know for a fact he's not going to go to jail. That's Right, which we're going to find out tomorrow. Yeah, that's one... I don't know. I haven't heard that, but if we do, wow, that's going to be, like, a... we'll, we'll know tomorrow. Okay. I don't know what time the two different hearings are. I, I wish I would have read more on it. I think one's criminal and one's civil, not really sure, but yeah, tomorrow's the day where we're going to find out whether or not Deshaun Watson will play football again. And as messed All up right, as it I, is, I hope you I have right a super that. rare autographed Deshaun Watson rookie card that I bought right before that news came out. So <laughs> I hope justice is served, but I hope he plays football again as well. What was I going to say? I don't know. Oh, um, the other caveat was a team also needs to think that he's not going to make the mistake again. So I think the Steelers would be a team to watch if he does get proven guilt or not guilty. And, and needs to walk clean. the straight and narrow. That yes. seems like the perfect place to go do it. And I think people love Mike Tomlin. They just brought in Brian Flores. It'd be a great place for him to rebuild his name, proven franchise. Play he for knows those they're going to leaders, and they're at least going to go five hundred and be competitive in that division. Five hundred. I mean, I'm saying, I'm saying, it's never been worse than that for Tomlin. Like he knows if yeah. all hell breaks loose, he's at least going to go five hundred. Yeah, so if they know he's not going to make a mistake again, that would be a fantastic home for him. It would be. Put him in that Rooney organization. Yeah. Okay, so let's say this. Let's say Deshaun goes to Pittsburgh. What does Carolina do? I don't know. Might just be screwed. The draft? Jimmy G, Jameis. Yeah, there's <laughs> options. I mean, you you can see there's so few matches left. And uh reminds me of when we did homecoming in college. And there's only so many fraternities and so many sororities. And <laughs> figured out toward the end, because my house wasn't the greatest, if we just don't pair with anyone and we're the last one left, one of these top houses will be stuck with us. So <laughs> I waited till the end and we got a top house. Interested to see how the QB shake out. I don't think it's quite the same <laughs> scenario, but it reminds me of that. Yeah, I don't know if it works the same way, but uh, they the Panthers have the sixth pick in, in the draft. So, you know, they could go after willis if they wanted to yeah so i guess we're really watching panthers seahawks steelers and colts colts eagles (laughs) they're still okay enough moves left there's there's six seven teams still in the market and yeah four or five big name qbs yeah a few names to watch in free agency bobby wagner he got released by the seahawks i think he could still go help someone easily um jc jackson stefan gilmore and carlton davis top corners on the market dude he'd be sick in kansas city yeah that's a name to watch as well i think we've hit it all with football unless i'm surprised we got through it all in 30 minutes yeah unless you got some combine notes any standouts for you 
Anyone dude, fly up you your board? Dude, did you hear how small Kenny Pickett's hands are, dude? Yeah. Uh, Kansas D end or pass rusher Kyron Johnson ran a four three, and I heard his name a few times. End. First rounder, like potentially or no? I don't know where he's gonna go, but he's a pass rusher and he ran like a four three seven. So he's gonna get picked. <laughs> okay, I don't even know what his combine numbers look like. I mentioned his name earlier. Four three seven. Oh, you're talking. Oh, about I was gonna talk about new. someone else. Oh, I think Drake London's gonna ball if he goes to the right situation, the right team with the actual QB there. Oh my, like Kansas City, dude. He would be like, I'm talking like a third round fantasy pick. <laughs> think about that. I if think he's this there whole with first round with Kelsey, is gonna be great. I don't know who's Tyreek, gonna be the best. Whew. Yeah, there's a lot of good receivers. Yeah. A lot of good receivers. I'm excited for our fantasy dynasty draft. I'm going to have to make some moves there. I just put it together. Didn't even realize. I have Tom Brady, and he just retired, and that really sucks. Like, oh. do I do I hold on to him? Yeah, I know. That probably helps you out because I whooped your ass last year. But uh, I drafted for the future. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I have sure. Deshaun. Uh-huh. I, I did, too. And Akers. I, I have Herbert. I'm chilling. I'm chilling. But... Should I just like hold on to Brady and hope he comes out of retirement? Well, I think you'll know by the time our draft rolls around. People don't want to hear this. If he's still retired, I'm going to hold on to it. You say people don't want to hear this? No. I don't know. Maybe they do. Maybe they they do want to hear what to do with Brady if they play Dynasty. You always got to sprinkle a little Tom Brady in. Not very much longer (laughs) we'll be able to do that. All right. Now let's talk some basketball. I got a few questions for you specifically about the Western Conference. I know that you want to talk a little college hoops, go through our top five prospects mm-hmm. going into the tournament. So I'm going to kick you a couple questions to start it here. First one, should the Warriors still be considered as a favorite or co-favorite with Phoenix in the West? Favorite or co-favorite? Absolutely not. I think Phoenix is in a class of their own in the Western Conference, maybe even in the NBA right now. This is, this is a talking point I had as well, so glad you asked. When Draymond gets back, that could totally change. On this podcast, you know, with new information, our opinions can change. So For sure. Right now, Phoenix is just too good. They smoked Miami. I will say Jimmy Butler didn't play, but it was Book's first yeah. game back from COVID. He only had 12 shot attempts, and Cam Johnson didn't play either. So and Chris Paul didn't play. So right, like, and Chris Paul didn't play. Yeah, forgot that. footing in my eyes. If not, advantage Miami and Phoenix was coming off a of back to back. They clinched a playoff spot with a win in their forty four zero games above five hundred. In contrast, the it's Lakers and maybe you have a question about this. I'm I'm going to kick you. I one do indeed. Okay. I do indeed. Are they going to miss the play in? Oh, okay. Well, I was just going to say they're officially dusted after that overtime loss to the Rockets last night. Dude, incredible. They played no defense. They ran nothing on offense. Like, I shit you not when I say it was four guys standing around the perimeter, just standing, waiting, watching, hoping LeBron does something to either set them up for for an open shot or just go drive and score on his own. It was pathetic. Like, three minutes in a row. That happened, and they got outscored 13 to nothing over that stretch. Yeah, it's really, really bad right now. I just don't... It's probably... It it may be time to move on from Frank Vogel because the body language is so bad 
The I, locker room's got to be a disaster. That's they have what a bunch I'm saying. Of freaking, they have a bunch of divas and morons, man. Like, Westbrook and LeBron, as great as they are, they're Hall of Famers. LeBron's one of the best ever, maybe the best ever. We get it, but they both take so many plays off. They are so lazy on defense and off the ball and getting back in transition. They have terrible habits, terrible body language. They're finger pointers. They are the exact example of bad culture. They're bad culture. My That's, thing it's is, as simple as that. Like, I don't know how much of a shot Frank Vogel even has. I mean, it's LeBron making the management decisions, the coaching decisions, damn near. I don't know, man. Frank Vogel's handcuffed, and I feel for him because I don't know what else he could do at this point. I don't know if LeBron still has that same cachet anymore. Okay. I, I think the tide is shifting there, but I was going to say, I heard that Frank Vogel was a film m- mastermind. Him and Rondo just kind of ran that film room last year. When I watch how lazy they are on defense, I have to think that they're just not even doing that this year. Yeah, Because there's no up. accountability. Or there's no buy-in from the players to listen. Like when I watch saying, Russell Westbrook... When you Westbrook, lose the locker room, you have to go. Well, and that's clearly what's happened at this point. And I think the fact that they won a championship so recently has bought them as much time as it has. And the fact that it's not quite over yet with the play in with and no with plan, no I think AD right now. Right. He's got some excuses there and like Westbrook still quote unquote adjusting and all of that. But like when I see Westbrook leave Bertans wide open at the top of the key to go double Dinwiddie in the corner when he's still dribbling and he's not even really trapping him. He's just kind of running over there to do it. I'm like, is there no defensive game plan here at all? Or are you just like letting them run around, do whatever the fuck they want? Or are they just doing that on their own and won't listen to you? Yeah, I'm not sure what the answer is. They are going to make the playoffs, though, because the Blazers are three games back. They're completely tanking. Eight. What about the Spurs? Spurs, I just don't see that happening. I don't think they have How many back talent. are they? Two and a half? Uh, three and a half. Oof, yeah, that's tough, but... I don't know how many more the Lakers are going to win here unless AD comes back or unless LeBron drops 60. I think AD will come back and they'll make the plan for sure. Are they going to be any kind of threat? No, I don't think so. Okay. And I can't, well, don't tell Brazzle that I'm going to put a $5 future bet on him at a, I think it was 3000 to one to win the <laughs> finals or 300 to one. I'm going to wrap it up with this and kick it back to you can't believe I'm saying this. Maybe they would have been better off letting Vogel go and promoting Jason Kidd because Jason Kidd has done a great job with Dallas this year. Defensively, especially they've just kind of figured things out and they're making everybody ask now if we should take them seriously. We don't have to talk about it. And well, we do have to talk about it because my question to you that is next is which team should I be most afraid of for Phoenix's sake in the West? Is there any team that you really think could take us seven and potentially take us down? Like maybe Dallas? Let me go rapid fire here. Love the Grizzlies. I think they're a year away from doing that. Let those guys mature a little bit. Maybe bring someone else in. Warriors with a healthy Draymond. If Wiseman cracks the rotation and provides some depth down low, yes, I think they could absolutely threaten Phoenix. Utah, no. Fair. Dallas. Really just a flat no. I love that. (laughs) Dallas, I lean no, 
but it'd be fun to watch. Yeah, you just never know with Luca. You never know, man. Denver with MPJ and uh, Jamal Murray. Yes, I think they would be interesting there. They would absolutely be interesting. But the big if with them is going to be what form are they in when they come back? Now, if we get healthy, in form Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. going into a Phoenix series in like the second round or Western Conference Finals, oh, I would be terrified. Yeah. Well, not terrified. That's the wrong word. I'm not terrified I of any be team. Feeling I'd be as a little confident. scared. I'd be a little scared. Yeah, very much so. Timberwolves, no chance. Clippers. Ooh, don't tell Lucas that. They'd be it'd be a fun series to watch, but no, it would be. Clippers, PG and Kawhi coming back. Yeah, I would give them a they chance. They make me nervous. But they I, make I just me don't nervous, think dude. that's going to happen. <laughs> I don't know. Kawhi's been getting shots up before the game. He's been on the bench all the time. I'm kind of afraid that that's what they're moving toward behind the scenes. Yeah. And I think they very well could wind up with that eight. Matt Barnes was on uh, Old Man in the Three, J.J. Reddick's pod. Yeah. And he made the point how, like, back in his day it was never all about who was healthy versus who was not like it was just it just seemed like it was the best teams in the playoffs down the stretch sure but lebron was also never hurt in the playoffs down the stretch like can you imagine a heat team with no lebron it would be like well if lebron were here the heat would be running through everyone but they're struggling with the 76ers in the first round this year whatever it is yeah that's a good point, but if you do think about the last four or five years, it really does feel that way. Like you have absolutely you have the Raptors winning, maybe because of Clay's injury. Kawhi gets hurt last year. That was probably a little bit slept on. I think it's different the last three ish years, though, Bubble. because it's been pretty wide open. I think it's been anyone's title to win after. The whole Warriors thing kind of disbanded and those injuries happen, allowing the Raptors to win the title. I think since then it's been wide the hell open. And so if a decent team has someone go down, it's like, oh, they're out of it. If they were healthy, they'd be pretty interesting versus, you know, in years in past, it was like, well, the Warriors are going to win it all. It doesn't matter if so-and-so's hurt from another team or, oh, well, LeBron's just going to win it all. So who gives a shit if Kyle Lowry got hurt for the Raptors? Mm -hmm. Like they weren't going to beat them anyway. Versus now, like there's probably six teams, maybe seven, that you could tell me, hey, they're going to win the title. The Nuggets and, like, and Nets yeah, are okay. two of those. Yeah, Nuggets like, and Nets are two healthy, of those. How would Suns we talk are one. About them? Uh, the Heat, obviously. I don't really count the Suns 76ers. because Paul's going to be back. Well, no, I, I'm just talking like, hey, you could tell me they won the title, and I believe you. Oh, okay. I mean, Warriors are obviously up there. Like, there might even be eight or nine teams that I could buy it with. Yeah. May, like, I'm almost there with Boston. A couple more Tatum 40-point performances, and I'll actually be believing in them a little. So there was a tweet. It was if you had to like build a team with three under 25 players right now, uh, or just three – oh, no, you have three players for the next five years. Who would you choose? I said Ja, Luka, and Jokic. And I almost thought about Tatum for a second over Luka. Yeah. But I was like, I can't do that. I think I'd go like Giannis. Would you go Booker Giannis over Luka. Jokic? Yeah, I don't know if Jokic has five more dominant years 
like the form he's in now. And I think Giannis uh, is much more likely to stay in this form or even get better. Because if Giannis starts knocking out jump shots, like, holy shit, I just, now everyone's really got to be on notice. And with Jokic, it's not like he's going to all of a sudden isn't have a 40 inch change at all as he ages. It's, it should be Jokic, pretty graceful. I mean, his game's going to be the absolutely. same. No, no, no. I'm, that's what I'm saying. He's going to be the same. Like, I have no reason to believe he's going to hit another level. And with Giannis, I would not rule that out. Because if Giannis starts picking and popping and knocking down 30 footers, then yeah. it's really like, holy shit, he's actually unguardable. And I'm saying for Jokic to get to that level with Giannis, if that happens, Jokic is going to have to get a 40-inch vertical and jump out the gym. And that's simply not going to happen. So yeah, I, I'll take Giannis. You have to pick at least one of Jokic, Giannis, Embiid, and you don't pick Embiid because of the injuries. Injuries, yeah. I wouldn't touch Embiid with a 10-foot pole in that conversation. <laughs> but who else like would even be in the mix? Jaw, absolutely. Book. Trey Young, Booker, Tatum. Tatum. I, I think Jaw's just like kind of separated himself. After that, it's guard. tough. I mean, KD, maybe? No. Probably not AD anymore at this no. point. Give me uh... Jaw, Luca. Jokic or Giannis? That's it. Man, who else could be up there? I mean, Donovan Mitchell could hit another level, SGA. but I'm not ready to put him up there with the other guys. Ah, I don't know. Man. <laughs> I don't know about him. All right. What do you got next for me? That's all I got. Okay. That's all I got. I just had a few. Uh, we moved through them all. You ready to go through our top five big boards now? Yeah, I just had one more note. Uh, this... It's kind of on the Jokic thing. If the season ended today, I'd give him the MVP. And then... Over your boy? Over my boy, who just got his ass kicked tonight by the Nets. I really hope we see a Nets-Sixers playoff oh, same. matchup. Same. I think it's it's hilarious that everyone roasts Ben Simmons for being you know scared and all this stuff. But Harden is the absolute definition of a coward. He can't show up to big games. Yeah. I don't care what anyone says. He can't do it. I don't care if his hammy's hurt or what, or if he's a million percent healthy. The dude does not show in big games. Well, I don't I don't think you caught the beginning of tonight's game. I saw he was three for 15, right? Yeah, he started like one for 10, but uh, Embiid threw his body into KD down low and drew a foul, and KD got tossed, and then he got up and was jawing at him. They were going out. Added, it was extremely intense. Why? At Harden? No, KD at Embiid. Oh, I was hoping it was at Harden. I was gonna say, yeah, give me, no. give me, give me. I, I mean, all about that. That would have been cool too. But this was awesome. Like it felt like some '90s basketball. And I think if you put Ben Simmons yeah. in that environment, they had to kick out a fan tonight because he was too close to him, yelling shit at him. Like, dude, they should have played Ben Simmons. Long. Because if he would have been on the court tonight, even if he played like 15 to 20 minutes and they run them off the floor like that, that's got to be the biggest confidence booster rally around him. Eh, F the Sixers. Eh, they they can't tell you shit. Sorry, ass fans got beat by 40. You know, like that's what I would have wanted. And I get if you lose and he plays bad, he's deeper down the rabbit hole. But I would have just gotten him out there and thought we're the better team. Let's just rip the bandaid off, you know? Yeah. And I'm going to repeat this again. Seth Curry has been traded two times now, and it has been stupid as hell both times. Dallas shouldn't have traded him to Philly. He would have been great with Luka, and Philly shouldn't have traded him to Brooklyn. That's a sneaky little throw-in that casuals might not catch. 
He went off tonight too, dropped 20 plus, just really spaces the floor for them with Patty Mills. Like he's a guy that wins you a playoff series. You know, that, that fourth fit, he, he has one game player. in the series where he gets exactly high. where he puts up 28 and he goes 11 of 15 from the floor. And everyone's like, Holy shit. That guy, he, he showed up tonight and he's the reason they won this game. Yeah. It's also good on defense. Absolutely. All right, let's go through our top five here. I think I'm just going to go through my five and let you roast me because I know this is not anywhere close to what the actual top five is. I don't give a shit. It's my top five. It's who I like. And uh, <laughs> You're to your own opinion. Flame me up. Here we go. Number one, Jabari Smith. This is the most sane pick I have on here. I don't think anyone can really argue it. Number two, I got Paolo. I still like what he does on the offensive end better than anyone else in this draft. I know side to side, laterally, he could be better and he's not the best defender. I think he's got the athleticism and the work ethic to get there. I have Ivy third. I think he's clearly the best guard in the draft. I've watched him play in some of these games in crunch time over the last few weeks. He has showed up, made some big time buckets and dropped some dimes. So I got Jabari one, Paolo two, Ivy three. And then four, I have Ty Ty. And I know wow. that's crazy, but I think there are so few good point guards in this draft, it makes him exponentially more valuable. He should be going late lottery. But I think since after Ivy and Ty Ty, there's not really anyone else that's realistically a starting point guard. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I can't think of any, like any true point guards. Johnny and Davis I don't even know if I would call Ivy off-guard. that. And I, th- I think Ivy is going to develop into that. I'm not sure he's that right now, but I think he will be able to be a primary ball handler. Yeah, and you said Johnny Davis. You think he's more like an off-ball guy? Yeah, he's a two. Agreed. For sure. Agreed. And so I look around at the guys who could average 20 and 10, that being 10 assists in the league. I think after Ivy, Ty Ty is about the only guy that I see there. So for that reason, I like him at four, and I think he's going to go higher than people expect just based on point guard scarcity. Fifth, I have Keegan Murray. Oh, wow. He's a good rebounder. I think he could play the three or the four. He's going to be a solid defender. There aren't really holes in his game. He shoots the three ball well. I think he just does everything you need. He's rock solid, and I feel way better about taking him and knowing I'm going to get good minutes out of him versus like an A.J. Griffin, who might wind up being a total bust. He's like an athleticism upside pick. I'm not as sure on him. I mean, he has no-showed some of these Duke games. Absolutely no-showed. I'm not ready to put him up there. An honorable mention, at sixth, I have Wendell Moore. I know he's an upperclassman. like, you are in a league of your own with Wendell Moore. I know I am. You even said to me the other day when you were in San Diego looking at his numbers, oh, shit, I didn't realize he's been that good and really their point guard this year. I mean, he's putting up he like 16, 5, and 5 and shooting over 40% from three. Like, what more do you want from him? Yeah, yeah. And he's a good defender. He can guard one through four in the league probably, at least one through three. He's probably one of the older guys that people are just overlooking completely, and maybe he should go back into the lottery when he's actually going to go like early 20s. And then he's going to be I think really it's going to be 15 to 25. Yeah, that's what I would estimate. But of all the older guys, I feel like he is the closest thing to a sure deal. I mean, 
the shooting's great. You have the playmaking. You have decent rebounding. You have good defense. Like there is not a single hole you can poke. He's going to find a role and get minutes with whatever team he ends up on. I feel really confident about that. I think this guy's going to stick around in the league a long time. Feels like a Memphis he might not guy. ever be more than a sixth man. He'd be really good in Memphis. <laughs> yeah, kind of be their backup point guard if Tyus Jones leaves. Just play the three. I mean, I I feel mean like you he's get almost a- more of a point. Jaw, Bane, Brooks, uh, more off the bench. He just comes off the bench and fills in for whoever. Yeah, just yeah. a wing who can handle it right. and knock down threes. Right. They got the 11th pick if it ended today. That actually could maybe make sense, although I think they typically go with the upside. young, high upside guys. Yeah, we'll see, though. That's my five with the honorable mention. Run it back. How bad do you want to roast me? Running it back. Number one, Jabari Smith. Number two, Paolo Bancaro, number three, Jaden Ivey, number four, Ty Ty Washington, number five, Keegan Murray, and then honorable mention, my guy, Wendell Moore. Okay. Jackson has a theme to his mock. He's going production over upside. Yeah, this year I am. I don't like the upside with some of these guys as much as the sure thing of others. Uh, I'm not. I also don't like Chet. <clears throat> yeah, I'm not going to roast you too hard. Uh, I do think Keegan Murray could be a good player. I heard TJ Warren thrown out as a comp for him. And I think if you're getting a healthy, consistent TJ Warren before, but yeah. Yeah. But if you're getting like 16, six, 16 and a six starter. for getting a decent start, eight years of a career. Yeah. That's a worthy six or fifth pick overall. Right. That's where I feel like you kind of get into that range after the first few where, it's like, do I want to take a swing on an A.J. Griffin who probably has a better chance of being out of the league in eight years than he does being a starting player? Oh, Just being my realistic. gosh. Dude, no. You think he's going to be like a for-sure starter? Yeah, I do. The thing I is... I am. I'm off him, man. Okay. You, I think he's all upside. When you're evaluating Duke, you have to take a few things into account. Paolo's your number two guy, and Coach K is not playing through him. He has to share the ball with Wendell Moore. With Wendell Moore, who's a junior and is going to get those wing minutes over Griffin, for sure. Sure. Keels, who's another nice perimeter player. Jeremy Roach, an upperclassman who helped them to victory against Syracuse today. I mean, there's a lot of guys, and A.J. Griffin missed a ton of time with injury. So it's not like he's been playing a lot of basketball over the last few years. Don't sleep on him. He's been playing all season. He's been playing all season. He got and worked you know back what? into the lineup. There might be a lot of really good guys on that Duke roster, but there's also a lot of really good guys in the NBA, okay? I know the spacing's a little different, <laughs> but... He's like three years younger than Keegan Murray. That's totally fine. And in three years, I think... He will not be as good as Keegan Murray is now. I mean, there's a chance the guy could be an all-star. Like, you're drafting him thinking he's going to be like Amari Stoudemire with a jump shot, you know, maybe a little bit smaller. And clearly he can shoot the three decent. 48%. But also with Duke, he's getting wide open looks when Bancaro gets doubled and he just sits in the corner. I I guarantee you at least 70% of the threes that he shoots are wide open, nobody within (laughs) two feet. He has a little bit of creation in his game. Uh, let's, I have let's, not seen it. Let's put it this way. Where do you have him? Four? I have him at five. Five? Okay. 
Um, I don't ever think he's going to be a number one option on a team, but that's okay because okay. it's the fifth pick. I don't think Keegan Murray is going to be that either. I don't even right. think Keegan you know Murray is going to be a two option on a championship team. But you know he's going to be good enough to be in the rotation right away. I think he, yeah. I'm, I think he could be like the fourth or fifth. Agree. Whereas and I think Griffin that's what could I'm saying. be I'm, a third. I'm fine with that versus taking a swing on a guy who could be a third or he could not be in the league in eight okay. years. Interesting. All right, I'll give you mine. And I don't care Jamari. to argue about Chet. We won't get into Chet. I We've done that him. enough. Because we're about to see the tourney, and he's going to get to play some really good teams. We're going to see he's how gonna he's going to impact the game. All right. Exposed. With that said, I got Jabari one. The pull-up game okay. is just too good. Right. Got, he's a done deal at one. Almost there, I feel like. I think my number two guy, Chet Holmgren, has a just, just as fair of a shake at the number one pick. Because of the no tourney, way. it's, it's going to be a huge stage for him. And if they go to the Final Four on his back and he's filling up no the chance. stat sheet. I think they're out Sweet 16, if not round of 32. Thing is, I almost feel like your draft is like who can win Rookie of the Year next year. No, I don't think Ty Ty or Paolo are going to win Rookie of the Year I guess, next year. Okay, I guess you have Ty Ty in there. So, But like... I think Chet's going to be a couple years before he really starts to impact the game, and I think that's Oh, well, yeah, that's a fact. You know he's not going to come in and be a huge impact right away. He's a potential pick. Like He is an upside <laughs> guy because he's like 7'2 and can shoot threes. And pass. That's awesome. Shots. <laughs> and 10 years ago, people would be going insane for this guy because we wouldn't have seen it before. But I've seen it so many times now, and you can't tell me he moves like Evan Mobley or KD because that's just flat no, out. A I lot. would never say he moves like KD. You compared him to Mobley a lot, but he is not as fluid as those guys. He's not as athletic as those guys. He is huge. He has really long arms, and he is a good jumper. But I mean, I don't think I've seen anything to make myself believe he's going to be better than Porzingis. Oh my gosh. <laughs> maybe a little bit better of a defensive it. potential, but I think we'll if you that. put Porzingis in college basketball, he would have blocked just as many shots. 41% from three. Um, on to my I said third his jumper's pick. great, man. The jumper's great. That's the biggest give it, asset. All right, give it a rest. <laughs> Number three, Jay Nivey, for sure. Absolutely love him as a prospect. If you told me he was the best, had the best career of the class, it wouldn't surprise me at all. Insane first step. Hey, he's a thick jaw. <laughs> thick jaw. Four, I got Paolo. Love his feel for the game. You talked about his limitations on defense. I'm a little scared about them. I worry he's going to be a bit of a tweener, and I'm not sure he's a lead guy on your team. I think he'll be okay, but I worry there's a little bit of Jaleel Okafor potential in there. A oh. little bit. I think he's a lot more athletic, but I think there's a little bit of that in there. Five, I got A.J. Griffin, as I mentioned. Six, six, great athleticism, incredible shooter. Every team in the league wants that. And I'll give you the rest re real quick. <laughs> Go for or it. I, I was going to ask you, who has a chance to crack this top class? And I, w I was going to mention Johnny Davis. I mean, he's going to... Johnny Davis is close. He's, he's lottery for sure. And he's another guy sure. who could have a Kimba-type run and get picked up there. Yeah, I could see that. Absolutely. Uh, I think I tie was on my list. Jalen Duran, I think could go Durin top is the five. One. 
Duran's the one that I think has the most potential because of all the bigs. I think he's he just can't shoot the three. That's the only thing. He's doesn't have a three ball. Like he's you got look at Jabari, you look at Paolo. He's got an elbow jumper. He's a definitely true, not a three ball. He's a true center rim runner shot blocker. Exactly. He's a true center, and I like him for that. But I think that's preventing him from being in the top five. Just the lack of the the three pointer specifically. I guess I shouldn't say jump shot because he can shoot a little bit of a jumper, but the three ball is what's costing him. Yeah, and I had two more. Keegan Murray was on there. I think he's got an outside chance at it. He had a great Shane game Sharp today against goes. Northwestern. Yeah, and then Shaden Sharp if he declares. Oh, no shit. You actually had him on yeah, there? That was my it. Guy. That was my last one. My guy. I left him off mine. I was going to be reasonable. <laughs> well, we if don't he goes, know. though, I think he's up there. Yeah, we honestly don't know. All right. Last thing I got for you. And if you don't like hearing the Chet Gonzaga stuff, stop it here. But seriously, how much have you watched them lately? Uh, I want to talk a little bit of tournament before Sunday. I watched some of their final game the other night, and I watched the highlights of the San Francisco game. I don't think they're that good. I don't don't think think they're they're anywhere close to the Gonzaga that we've seen the last three, four years. I am with you on that. Okay. And I'm not even going to go at Chet here. I don't think he's as good as people give him credit for. Like, I don't think he's wooden player of the year caliber, even though he's in the talks for that. I think their weak spots, the guard play like Nimhard's solid. But after that, I look around and I'm like, can any of these guys get a bucket? Absolutely. In crunch time, like you're down four with a minute left and you have to get one right now to stay in the game. There's no one on that team that I look at and feel great about. Not even Nimhard. Like he has moments where I'm just like, does this guy really get it? Yeah, I think Rasir Bolton has some creative creation in his game, but I don't think he's cut out for it. And then Julian Strother, he's just kind of a complimentary piece with potential. But I'm with you. Yeah, that's that's a question I have. The guard play is not Jalen Suggs, Corey Kispert, and Nimrod. I don't think they have any real like NBA worthy players outside of Holmgren. I don't think, I mean, Timmy's like probably going to be second round or whatever. He's never going to make it. Like he's the definition of a good college player, not an NBA guy. And then Nimhart, like eh, maybe a people second like Strother. How old is he? I think he's going to return. He's a sophomore. He'll come back next year. Putting up 12.3, five and a half boards. Good shooter. Eh, that's all right. Okay. Yeah, not bad. He didn't do a damn thing in that St. Mary's game. <laughs> I'll tell you that, man. Yeah. Yeah. 40, 39, six from three. The first one, at least. I didn't get to watch the second one. But I've tried to watch them more, and I just haven't been impressed. Like, not the way I was early in the year when they were smacking UCLA and Texas and all these teams Mm -hmm. out the gym. It looks like a totally different squad. I don't know if their size just overwhelmed those teams early in the year, but I just, uh, I'm off Gonzaga. That's the team I'm looking to uh, get upset early in the tourney. Yeah, I'm with you on that, too. Um Couple of tourney notes and let's get out of here. OU okay. beat Baylor tonight. Big time win. Yeah. In the Big 12. Baylor tourney. could be on upset alert. I mean, they might drop to a two seed now. Yeah. And they've lost a couple of guys. LJ Cryer, Chama Chachua. Chachua's big. Yeah. And that, that may mean more minutes for Sohan, but as good as he is and as much as I like him, he's still a freshman. Like They're going to have to rely on Kendall Brown, too. I mean, he's a freshman. They're going to need him to knock down shots and play make. Yeah, and again, they do not have the same guard play they had last year. So Facts. Just don't love them uh, like, like I did a year ago. 
Duke survived a scare against Syracuse today. Buddy Bayheim, yeah, ACC leading scorer, that shocked me. Yeah, he missed the game because he punched a dude yesterday in the stomach. To be fair, but he did sock the shit out of him. And then, like, do you see Bayheim get asked about it post game? Dude, he's I'm like he needs to retire. Yeah. He's lost touch. How how does he have two sons on the team and he's ninety fucking years old? Uh, they were somebody they explain were that to me. his wife, and I was just like. She looks. I mean, so he's much he's younger. technically the winningest coach in college basketball. Like, did you think they just like froze a sperm or something? <laughs> I'm serious right now. Like, ah, the guy dude. is pushing ninety. Does that technology work? I've never heard of that. I've heard it works. Oh, Whoa. not that I have any experience, but I've heard it works. I don't have any any frozen sperm anywhere. Duke's on my fraud watch too. They have all this talent wow. we talked about. I like Duke a lot. I do too. Talent wise, they should destroy everybody. They have p- potentially five first round picks, and I think they could yeah. get knocked out in the Sweet Sixteen. I don't feel confident about them at all. Oh yeah, I, I think getting knocked out in the Sweet Sixteen is reasonable for any of these teams. I don't think anyone's that good this year. I like Duke and Kentucky a lot, but I mean, if I had to bet my life on any team making the Sweet Sixteen, I wouldn't feel good about anything. Yeah. This this field is wide open, and we're going to talk about it on our next episode. We're going to talk about it a lot, and just a heads up, be on the lookout. We're going to do another ATM bracket pool. Uh, we'll get it on Twitter. You know, we'll put in all our group chats, everything like that. But probably going to do what ten, ten, twenty dollar buy in, something like that. Probably ten, ten bucks a bracket. Um, Venmo to enter. You know, we'll we'll shout all that out. Get it posted when the bracket gets out. So be on the lookout. We're going to be hyping that up, and then. We're going to be back early next week to kind of preview it all and get into the nitty gritty and talk some March Madness, baby. Absolutely. Can't wait to do that. And if we have some time, I want to talk about the Batman and winning time because we did watch that in San Diego this past weekend. So let's try to save some time next week for that. Absolutely. We'll have a new episode of winning time as well. So a little more to talk about. There we go. There we go. That's perfect. All right, let's get out of here. You guys know the drill. Give us that five-star rating. Spread the word. We appreciate it. Thank you very much, and we'll be back next week. Peace.